Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and Happy New Year! New Year, Heather, this is amazing! I know, it's a new decade, 2020! Here we are! I know! <laughs> well, welcome everyone to the third season of Parent Talk, Everything Parenting and More. We are broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Carr, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Par, which is Parent Talk's French edition. And you can join me every Wednesday live on the web at Nikki Radio, N-I-K-Y-Radio.ca, for a parenting segment at 12.30 p.m. and from 9 p.m. to midnight, Pacific Standard Time. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hello, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom of two. Before we get going, I would love to share with you all about our sponsor, LeapFrog Gymnastics, which is here in Coquitlam. Hudson and Alex have been having a fantastic time in class. They are working all their great skills like body awareness and spatial awareness, strength and balance, and of course, those social skills, and then are doing all of this fun stuff on that specialized mats and equipment. Now, of course, LeapFrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off their first month of classes for new members only with the promo code PARENTTALK. So for more information on programming and birthday parties, visit leapfroggym.com. So we hope to see you there. Thank you, Heather. And today we are talking about how to tame our own reactivity. Such a hot topic today. <laughs> And we have with us today Louise Clark. Louise is a certified parent coach, mindfulness coach, and a podcaster, and a mom of three teenagers. Hi, Louise. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here today with you both and talk about my favorite subject or one of my favorite subjects, how to tame our reactivity. When parents understand that it's way less about their kids and more about them, then the magic happens in our parenting because we are so programmed to look at the child and react to the child and think it's all about the child. But if you think about it, if we can control ourselves in every situation where we are potentially triggered, we won't be triggered. So if we can tame our reactivity for as much of the time as we can, then we will be able to parent our kids and give them what they need without us becoming triggered. How great would that be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. And yeah. this definitely hits home because I remember when I was pregnant, I was extremely reactive. Um, and my husband is also extremely reactive, just naturally, <laughs> not being pregnant. <laughs> so <laughs> the two of us for nine months were fireworks and not positive ones. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And um, so how can we manage that emotional reactivity? Like, how can we try to control that? Oh, good question. <sighs> If I could give you one answer, I'd be a millionaire. But there, <laughs> there isn't one, but there are lots of things we can do. And um, it's not as, it's difficult in the moment when we're triggered. But here's the, the, the deal. We need to be doing things for ourselves out of the moment so that we are better equipped 
in the moment because in the moment there is there are things you can do and I know we were discussing this earlier and Genevieve what do you do in the moment when you find yourself triggered I mean we're all triggered and in the moment at times but doing something in the moment is essential but doing a lot out of the moment which I'll come back to but um, Genevieve share with with the listeners what you do in the moment because it's awesome Yes. So when I feel that I'm being hijacked by my emotion or it's not going the way I like it to go. So I say to the person I'm talking with, wait a second, I need to go to the washroom. And this could be kids, anybody, mom, anyone, anyone work. You know, I have done it at work actually too. And I say one second, I really want to hear what you have to say right now, but you know, when you're you're getting irritated or you're getting your aggressive little like feelings are coming that? in. What do you feel? I do feel like my heart rate is racing a little bit and I feel this funny feeling going up my back and my breathing is changing too. These are definitely. key things, you yes. guys, key things to, to hear and listen to your body for because they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. So then I give myself a break, go to the washroom, look at yourself in the mirror. And I often ask myself three questions. Is this is worth it? Because if I'm not leaving the person feeling love, for me, it's not worth it. So if the person, okay, is this worth it? Is the person's going to be feeling love? Am I going to empower the person? Am I going to contribute to their growth? So with all this, I choose if I will continue to have the conversation the way it's going, or if I'm just going to say simply, you know what, I totally hear you and I will tell them X, Y, Z, but coming from another place, usually I switch the energy. So you almost take a time out for yourself to be able to shift your mindset into a different one that will be um, a positive outcome or positive influence on the, the, the future conversation. Yeah. And I find often for me, what really works, is it worth it? Mm hmm. You know, it's a good question. Is it worth it? There is so many conversations that leave the other feeling unloved or unwanted. So we have to be careful the way we leave the other person. We have to be careful of the other person's feelings. And yeah, I really like to ask me to ask myself those questions all the time. I think that's a really good and useful information and something that, you know, as moms, it's an easy thing to do, provided it's safe to leave your child just for a minute. But you can almost take a time out without leaving a child physically. You just in your mind, kind of detach yourself from the present moment just a little bit. Take a deep breath. That can work. Um, mantra that you can say to yourself could be anything like don't take it personally. Don't say it. Just let it go. So in the moment, you help to bring your reactivity down. Because it, usually we're triggered and reactive when someone else has done something and they are triggered and reactive. And when two people are reactive and they come together, it never, it usually spirals out of control. It usually goes nowhere. You end up saying things you wish you hadn't said, you, you regret it. So being aware, as you said, of where you feel the reactivity is key because if you're not aware of that, you're not even going to know that you're reactive. If you don't know you're even reactive, you're just going to react. There's nowhere else for you to go. So in the moment, those are really good things. Um, So out of the moment, you know, 
What can we do to control our, our base reactivity level? I think everybody has the different base levels. Some people are very reactive and other people are less reactive. So knowing where you are on that continuum, I think visualize that and kind of see yourself and throughout the day and moments, look and think, where am I right now? Am I going up to, you know, if it's out of 10 and 10 is a full explosion and one is being chill, am I at a seven? Am I going to an eight? Okay, what can I do? So in the moment, we've talked about it, but out of the moment, there's many things that we can do. For me, I meditate. I know that my meditation practice, I meditate twice a day. That is the single most effective thing for me to be able to tame my reactivity. I know it reduces my reactivity level, my baseline. So I do recommend meditation. That's a whole podcast in itself. And yep. on my <laughs> podcast every Monday, I do a meditation on Monday, M-O-M. So meditation on Monday for mums. Um, anyone who's interested and you are curious as to how to meditate or you've heard the word, you don't know too much about it, check out my Monday podcasts. Um, they can help you. Um, other things that can help is a, gra- a, a practice of gratitude. You know, waking up in the morning and being grateful for something uh, can help you just f- shift yourself from a, a potential heightened state of reactivity if you've got that gratitude just there in your mind. Just before we started this podcast, Heather picked up her phone and I saw the photograph was the most beautiful picture of her two-year-old. And we were just sharing that, that, you know, you could look at a photograph of your child and just realize what an amazing, incredible little person you've created. And it will take you out of perhaps a, a moment where you are feeling otherwise towards this beautiful little person that you've created. So there's lots and lots of different things. Think about your self-care practice. If you're not looking after yourself, you're tired, exhausted, frustrated, overwhelmed, you're not doing a thing for yourself because as mums, we serve, serve, serve everyone else and we often forget about ourselves. We lose ourselves. So if we are not feeling nourished and taken care of, we're going to be more reactive. We're more resentful. We're more just frustrated with everybody and everything in our life. So self-care is huge. I've talked on this podcast before about behavior. If you can understand your child's behavior, it's going to help you be less reactive towards it because you know and might have an idea where it's coming from and why they are behaving the way they do. If we don't understand why, it can leave us quite reactive in their emotional storm. The other thing you can look at is boundaries. You might be thinking here, why are we talking boundaries and emotional reactivity? Think about it. If you have been poor with your boundary setting and your kids are then doing things that you don't want them to do, what's going to happen? It's going to trigger you. You're going to be more reactive. So having good boundary skills, being good at holding and setting limits, really important on for us to, to keep our reactivity scale, our baseline, um, a bit lower. One thing that I get kind of curious or confused about with Hudson, I mean, I, I do 
just coming from an early, like an ECE background, an early childhood education background, I do feel like I'm a lot more understanding with him and his behavior, and I'm definitely not as reactive with him. However, it's with my husband that I'm the most reactive. And mostly because he's not a toddler, he's an adult, and he knows how to trigger me and almost does so on purpose when he's feeling whatever he's really not positive. So he will purposely push the buttons to trigger me. And I, and especially when I was pregnant, but like when you like you have those moments and like, I, uh, I'm just like, how do I, uh, like I feel. You yeah. know exactly what you need to do because you just said, and I, I, I agree with you. I'm more triggered by my husband than I am yeah. with my kids. I think it's a very normal thing for, for moms. Right. I think. Those nearest and dearest trigger yeah. us most. Um, and But you said, it's interesting, he knows exactly how to push my buttons. And yes. I'm sitting here going, well, why do you let him? Right. Right? And, <laughs> and it's, we, we let ourselves be triggered. You know it's going to trigger you. Yeah. And you let it trigger you. So what can you do in the moment to notice it and almost in your mind say, hmm, He's triggering me right now. What is it in me that is being triggered? Why am I being triggered? And this right. is much deeper work. Right. You know, because within us is an inner child. Yes. And that inner child is actually what's being triggered. It's right. not your kids who's triggering you. It's not your husband no. who's triggering you. It's your inner child that's being triggered by the behavior of others. And we have to know that I know it. my husband's not triggering me on purpose. And you know your husband's not triggering you on purpose. But it comes across as that in the moment. Right. You think, you know, even your child, we, we discussed, I think, in one of the other episodes a while back, we discussed behavior and, well, you know, was it not the truck and the, the, um, right. the window? The window, window that's yeah. right. And, you know, it's almost like he's doing it on purpose. He's not, no. you know, but it's how do we manage ourselves and, and be aware of our triggers and our triggers are deep within us. Right. And that is a huge, uh, another subject. That's well, another yeah. podcast. In so itself. Heather, when you were pregnant, you just had to live in the bathroom. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you yourself a well, constant break. <laughs> yeah. When, when Genevieve and I were talking the other day too, I was explaining too that during the week, Bruce and I will get along great. And I don't know if it's just the routine of the, during the week or what it is, but everything is all good. And then both of us will wake up Saturday morning and we're both in different headspaces and it clashes. Yeah. And also think about it. You've, you've got through your week. Yeah. It's a bit similar to, you know, people often say, you know, I managed to, I wasn't sick for the whole of the, the term, but the minute the Christmas holidays came, I got sick. And I think it's similar. You know, we work hard Monday to Friday and on Friday we're just spent. So you are more tired, more easily triggered probably not done as much for yourself because during the week we typically do less for ourselves. The weekends come and we might go and uh, for a walk or we might take more time in the bath or we might journal a bit. So our tank is, is em emptier. It's less right. full on a Saturday morning than it might be on a Sunday evening. So I think there's times where, where we are more triggerable for mm -hmm. sure but it comes back to knowing and being so aware of where we are in the moment. And this is why the meditation practice really helps because for me, the meditation practice helps me build my muscle of awareness 
of my mind because we are triggered by our thoughts. You know, you're, my husband might do something, I think something, the thought triggers me. If I don't notice I've had the thought, I, the thought will become a feeling and the feeling will become an action and the action might be words. So I have to be aware of my mind. And so much of this is created and orchestrated in our minds. And meditation helps me mind my mind. It helps me process the internal clutter. And it helps me find stillness, silence, quietness, solitude. And in the busy world that we live in right now, all those, the, the, the things in life, it's busy, it's loud, it's fast, it's furious, it's digital, it's virtual. And that influences our reactivity levels. So what can we do to try and bring them back down? And we're human beings, we're not human doings. And as beings, we need to be. So the meditation practice really helps me be. And that is what will has, has had a, the biggest effect on my baseline reactivity level. Now, I'm a mum. I have a husband. I have three teenagers. I have two crazy Bengal cats. I have, I have plenty of opportunity to be triggered. And I do get triggered. I'm not sitting here saying I don't get triggered. But I know when I am. I know the minute I, I start getting triggered, nine times out of ten, I can actually do something about it. I don't get drawn in. I can back out. I take a little bit of a time out. So meditation is the best medication. <laughs> it's, it's changed my life in more, as a mom in more ways than I can even put words to. Mm -hmm. A way that I like to start my day, and I have mentioned this in previous podcasts, is I call it my morning pillow meditation. And I start by being thankful for my pillow. <laughs> And it starts from there. And I go from gratitude to creating intentions to just sit, sit there and feel my energy in my body. And I have created, I even said it in one of our previous uh, Real Mom moments at the beginning of this year, that my, yeah, my intention, one of my year resolution was mm -hmm. actually to meditate longer in the morning, spend a little bit more time on my meditation. And it works. It really mm -hmm. works. And mm -hmm. I agree with you. If you start your day with um, meditating. And, and you, if you're new to this or you're wanting to meditate, I think I remember being a bit scared by it all because I thought, well, I, how am I going to find half an hour, 40 minutes? How long do you meditate for? What is it? You only need like a minute. You know what it's like if you just sit and take a deep breath, one deep breath, how it grounds you and centers you. So mum's listening. You don't need to lie in bed for an, an extra half hour doing this. You need to, you know, try a minute, try two minutes, try three minutes. By soon you'll get addicted to the deliciousness of the silence and the space that it offers you that you'll, you'll be like, darn, I really need to get up now because it's, it's just such a peaceful place to be in and experience. And talking about that, nature is another thing for me. It offer, I become very grateful when I'm surrounded by the trees. We're lucky here in BC. We've got so many trees. We have the ocean. We have mountains. When I look outside and I look at a tree or I look at a bird or I hear sounds, I just feel this tremendous gratitude for my life. And as a result of which, using nature 
just if you're inside, look out at it, or if you can get out into it, you know, we're, we're one with it. We're all, you know, we all breathe the same air. The trees thrive off the same, um, the soil that we're all a part of. So it helps me, uh, be grounded and it helps me just be able to tame my reactivity in the moment. I know, I Mm -hmm. absolutely know for a fact that it does. I like what you said earlier about you just need a minute Mm-hmm. Because everything started with me by taking one deep conscious breath and smiling at the same time. If you add a smile, it brings a lot of joy. And for me, even just looking at my children, looking at them in the eyes and take a deep conscious breath with a big smile. Wow, my energy shifted yeah. right away. And, and even, you know, your child is having a meltdown and they're on your knee and they're they're kind of trying to... They're just fidgeting and they're crying. In that moment, just put your face in their hair. Just smell their hair. Just touch the skin on the back of their hands. And pretty quickly, you just are overwhelmed by the magnificence of this life that's sitting on your knee, causing you to just about pull your hair out. (laughs) But it can help shift you in the moment. So there's lots of things, you know, journaling reading, taking a bath, taking a walk, um, just finding some space and for stillness and silence. You know, if you do go for a walk, I encourage you to go without your headphones. Listen to the silence because that's what nourishes you and that's what takes you out of this emotional reactive state that so many of us are just living in as normal, in inverted commas now. It's not normal to be living in this way and I think we can do an awful lot to to bring that those levels down and it will really help the relationship you have with your kids and it will help you understand that they're not triggering you on purpose they're not behaving in the way they are on purpose it's just their kids working out how to navigate their way through this life and if we can tame and temper our reactivity it's a much better place to parent from so i guess is there a way to stop completely not really right it's a constant work and it's a muscle like you said earlier right yeah it's it's like you know we go to the gym to exercise our muscles and be fit and we need to exercise that muscle of awareness to be mentally fit and to be able to face the day in a more serene calm peaceful ground with a with a more serene calm peaceful grounded presence um you know and and mindfulness comes into this but you know you can't be mindful if you're reactive you know because being mindful is being open to the moment as it unfolds in front of you with curiosity no judgment and um just being present enough to to be aware of the fact this is the moment right now and if we're caught up in, in our heads and we're reactive, it robs us from the present moment. So we, we can't even be in it when we're reactive. Mm-hmm. Louise, we can find you on our panel of experts. Where else can we find you? You can find me at www.yourparentingpartner, which is my website, yourparentingpartner.com, which is my website. You can also find my podcast, Parenting in the Thick of It, and I also have a family organizer called the Parenting in the Thick of It Family Organizer, which has a theme page and calendar page for each month of the year. 
and it can help you navigate life in the thick of it. Awesome. Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. Can you please pick one and read it to us? All right. So today our fun little saying is to have a leg up. So to have a leg up is to have an advantage over someone or something. So the origin of this little saying, this idiom comes from the act of helping a horseman or an equestrian mount his horse. The helper cups his hands together next to the horse and the horseman steps into the helper's hand with one foot and throws his leg over the horse. So that's to kind of have a leg up. There we go. So here we go. We're going to be talking about languages. How would you most, uh, what would you do most likely to study, to gain a leg up? If you need to do a Spanish test, what would you do to gain a leg up? Oh my goodness. I've heard of the term get a leg up, but to get a leg up, so to get ahead, to stay on top. Yeah. I had a Spanish test. Well, (laughs) I don't speak Spanish. Um, but to get a leg up on it, I guess I would um, have to cheat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kind of stumped by that one, I have to say. How would I get a leg up to take a Spanish test? Um, I would plan well ahead of the test. I would get the books I needed to learn the Spanish required for the test and probably hope that... <laughs> I have a bit of luck and I can pass the Spanish test with enough of a, le- with enough of a leg up. Are <laughs> <laughs> you Heather? So for me, um, when I used to teach at Jimbree, I actually had a few teachers and staff members that were sp- native Spanish speakers. Um, one was actually from Spain and a few were from different parts of Mexico and Colombia and things like that. So I would approach them. I would get in touch with them again. I would say, okay, ladies, I need some help. I have a Spanish test. <laughs> so yes, that's who That'd I, be a what good I leg would up. That'd yeah. be my good leg that's up. smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because that happened to me few times, especially here in Vancouver, I speak French with some people and I say, oh, my English not that great either. And then of course we start talking and then they turn around and you're like, your English is pretty good. But I always think about the fact that I started from scratch, not knowing very much English and learn, I'm still learning today and Heather's still correcting my S's. <laughs> and <laughs> so I don't know, I guess, yeah, having... I don't know if it's really a leg up or not, but it's not easy. Languages is hard. Yeah, but at least you have two. And when you know when you have more than one, it's easier to learn another. So there you go. French yeah. is your, French English is your leg up for learning Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I have tried to learn Spanish a little bit, but uh, nah, I'm going to still try to master <laughs> English. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Heather and Louise, for joining us today and helping us grow our village. For our listeners, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or on any platform where you like to listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts. We want to know what you think. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. 
Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you everyone for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.